beginning the message series we called Dear Church. Hey, Arash remembers. Good job. Dear Church, a letter from Jesus. Who else remembers that series? Hands up. A few of you, okay? It was a really good message series where we went into the first three chapters of the book of Revelation. And we saw the, the message that Jesus had for seven churches. It was a, it, it's, it's these seven different letters that John wrote on the island of Patmos, but with the revelations of Jesus. So it's as if Jesus is directly speaking to the church. And we, we started that message series with the letter to the church in Ephesus. And that's how we started our 2020. So I went back to that message and I thought, what did, what did God have to say to Ephesus? And what did God have to say to Riverside, to us here, at the start of a new year? And I realized, as I looked into the, the message and as I looked into the letter again, that Jesus had two primary messages for the church of Ephesus and two primary messages for us that we took as our own as Riverside in January 2020. So the first thing, I'm just going to give you a recap of, of that message. The first thing that we knew and we took for ourselves was this assurance. I know. Jesus said to the church in Ephesus and Jesus said to us, I know. In Revelation chapter 2, verse 2 through 3, we read Jesus saying to the church, I know your deeds. I know your hard work and your perseverance. You have persevered and have endured hardships for my name and have not grown weary. So our first assurance for the year was that God knows us, that God sees us, that God knows every situation, that God knows every circumstance in our lives, and that not only does he know, but that he understands. He understands our thoughts, our struggles, our challenges. He knows. I don't know about you, but in January 2020, as I preached this message, I was completely clueless about COVID-19. I remember the first person that I ever heard speak about COVID was my cousin, who's a nurse. But she's quite an emotional person, and usually quite a dramatic person. <laughs> and so as she's telling our family, we better brace ourselves, this thing is coming to Europe, we're going to have to do lockdowns, I just laughed. I, I literally laughed and said, you're crazy, you're dramatic, this is never going to happen. <laughs> But despite my ignorance and my denial in January of 2020, God knew. <laughs> and so he watched us as we set goals for the year. He watched us as we made our own plans and as we made New Year's resolutions. He listened to our prayers as we, we prayed for the things that we wanted for 2020. And then when March came around and the country shut down, he also watched as you and I didn't understand what was happening. He also knew when we were struggling and when we were frustrated and when we were confused, he knew our hearts and he understood. And this morning I wanna remind you that God knows. God knows better than anyone. God knows how this year has been for you. Maybe it's been extremely hard and maybe actually it's been a good year for you where you have grown and you have achieved different things. And no matter how it was, we knew at the start of 2020 and we still know at the end of the year that God knows. If there is one thing that we can take from 2020 is that God has been present. God has been faithful. God has known your heart. He has understood you. He has heard your prayers. He has heard my prayers and he has been so present. And so we can testify to 1 Peter 5-7 when it says that we can cast our anxieties on God because he cares for us. We can stand by Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse 
Chapter 31, verse 8, when it says that the Lord goes before us and that he is with us, that he will never leave us or forsake us, and that he loves us, and because of that, we don't have to be afraid. When perhaps the rest of the world encountered the unknown with fear, the church could be confident in him who we worship, in him who cares for us. We just celebrated Christmas where we worship Jesus, whose name is Emmanuel, God with us. God knows and he has been present. And the second message that Jesus had for the church in Ephesus and that Jesus had for us as a church that we took for ourselves in the start of 2020 was a call to come back to our first love. So he tells the church in Ephesus, it was a happening church. It was, it was, a, it was a place where, where it was commercially very popular. It was also had a lot of temples of pagan um, gods. And so people would pilgrim from all over the place to go to this coastal city. And in the midst of all that, the church had suffered some persecution. And yet they were strong and they were worshiping God and they were being faithful to God. And yet Jesus says, I, I know what you're doing. I know what you've been through. I know what you've been, been enduring for months. My namesake, but one thing I hold against you. This is what it says in Revelation chapter 2, verse 4. He says, you have forsaken the love that you had at first. And so in that letter, we, we read what, what Jesus meant by that. He, he meant that they had become a little religious. They had become a little self-righteous. They were just going through the motions, and they had forsaken that passionate, uh, surrendered love for Jesus. And as a result, the church wasn't shining as bright. As a result, they weren't loving God and they weren't loving each other with this unconditional Christ-like kind of love. And so at the start of 2020 here at Riverside, we were challenged right in the first Sunday of the year to come back to our first love for Jesus. So when March came around and lockdown hit, we couldn't even go through the simple motion of getting together at church on Sunday. I mean, I remember how shocking it was that week where as leadership of the church, we had to decide, are we gonna have church this Sunday? Are we gonna close the building and do it online? I mean, it felt like we had stepped into some kind of end times movie and it just was so surreal. I remember every live stream for the whole time we did live stream, think every time we would begin with, this is so weird guys, we understand this is weird. But as we did that, we were confronted with our love for Jesus. We were confronted with having to reflect on what does it mean to have a relationship with Jesus? You were confronted with what does it mean for you to be a Christ follower when you can't go through the motions, when you, you can't get stuck in, in the religious traditions that we so often get stuck in. We were confronted with having to understand and having to decide what does it mean to be a church? Is a church about the building? Is the church about the program? Is the church about now investing in the best live stream equipment so that people at home can still feel like they're having a good church experience? What is church about? And I just want to stop there really quick and share how much I dislike this term, church experience. I know, I know that people say it a lot and I understand what they're trying to convey, but as much as I would try, I can't bring myself to agree with this terminology of church experience. That somehow I, as a church leader, need to set up the right kind of atmosphere and plan the right kind of program so that as you walk in or as people tune in on live stream, they will have a, a good experience and somehow be closer to God because of something I have done. That's not what church is about. 
we understood more than ever this year that church is about Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. We understood that church is about his love that unites us. Church is about a family where everyone is welcome because of a God who chooses to love us. So when lockdown hit, we had to decide to go back to our first love. We went back to the basics. We saw the church pray like never before. Many of us were praying every single day on Zoom, sharing our struggles and our burdens together. We were praying and surrendering our lives to God together. Some people were getting together on Zoom with Miguel and Margarita, going into the Word every single day, and they continue doing that too today. They're seeking the Word of God, seeking to know the truth, seeking to know who God is and what His kingdom is about, how to cope with times like this, how to cope when our plans and our priorities aren't quite aligned. People were seeking God. They were hungry for God. We went back to basics. We saw people realign their lives. We saw people realign and, and, and try to evaluate their careers and their habits and how they were spending their time and their resources. We saw people realign their lives in light of what really matters. When everything else is taken, Jesus Christ. In light of Jesus Christ and the church realigned itself back to its first love. We put our money where our words were and we started giving out food hampers. We started helping people pay their rent. When many were too scared to leave their homes, so many of you were here with your gloves and your masks and your visors, serving a community with much needed supplies, a hurting community saying, hey, the church, we, the church, we care about you. And we will serve you and we will pray for you because there is a God who loves you. And I don't know how this year has been for you again. But I want to remind you of these things. After a whole year, I want to remind you that God knows. He knows how hard this year has been for you. He knows your every thought. He knows your every emotion. He knows your plans that were disrupted. He knows your dreams that couldn't come true. He knows the adjustments and the compromises you have had to make. He knows the frustration that you have felt. He knows. And not only does he know, but he understands and he is present. And you can continue and we together can continue to cast our anxieties on God because he cares. And secondly, I want to ask you, how has this year confronted you with your faith? How has this year brought you to question what does it mean to be a Christ follower? I pray that if 2020 did nothing else for you, that it brought you closer to God. Because there's nothing else that matters more. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 16, verse 26, what good will it be for someone to gain the whole world and yet forfeit their soul? Maybe we didn't see a lot of people thrive professionally or thrive in their education or, or thrive in their, in their different life plans, but we have seen people come to God in this church. We have seen people surrender. People come from Islam and Hinduism and all kinds of backgrounds and say, hey, I don't want that anymore. I want Jesus Christ because he's the real deal. And I don't know everything. I don't understand everything. But whatever you have in this church, I want it. We have seen people gain their soul as they lose their lives for Christ. And it's beautiful. And so we're gonna take this time, today we're switching things up this Sunday and I'm gonna continue to switch things up. I'm not gonna talk anymore, but we're gonna have some time now to reflect. 
I want, my mom is very big into reflecting. My mom will be like at a birthday dinner or something and out of the blue she'll come up with this psychological question of who are you? <laughs> so I'm gonna go a little bit of my mom's kind of um, stride. But we're gonna hand out some papers, which are with Josh and Angel. If you guys can start handing out those papers, we're gonna give you five to 10 minutes just a moment for you to answer some questions. There's 12 questions, one for every month. You don't need to answer all of them, but just questions to reflect on the last year. Reflect on how you've grown. Reflect on how God has been present in your life. Reflect on how you've learned. Reflect on your challenges. Reflect on what you're grateful for. And this is just for you. You don't have to share it with anyone. But if you do want to share, we're going to have some time, some open mic time where you can just come up and share anything that you've written, and we would love to listen to that. But just let's take some time to reflect. Reflect on our lives and reflect on what God has done. All right? Let me just pray if you'll bow your heads with me. Dear God, thank you so much. Thank you that you are good. Thank you that you are God with us, Lord. Thank you that we are not alone. That even in the storm, Lord, there you are that you are faithful to care for us. You are faithful when we come to you, when we pour out our hearts to you, you are faithful. Lord, thank you that even in the chaos, even in the confusion of what this year has been, you are still in control. We worship a God who is in control, and because of that, we don't need to be anxious, we don't need to worry. We can have peace and we can trust you, even when everything doesn't quite make sense because you are a good God. You are a God of love. Your plans are to prosper us and not to harm us, Lord. I pray that today we will come back and say thank you. Thank you for your faithfulness, Lord. I thank you for everything that you've done in each of our lives and the different ways that you have revealed yourself, Lord. There is nothing better than to be in your presence. There is nothing better than to worship you and to get to know you, Father. I thank you that even in the struggle, you have perfected our character and you brought us closer to you. Lord, I pray for the rest of the service. I pray for the testimonies that we will hear, that you will speak through them, that you will encourage your church as we step into a new year. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.